0: everybody, welcome to episode 37 of the Deep Ball Gridiron Edition. I'm your host, Anthony Palo, joined of course by my co-host Corey Lickman and Core. We finally made it, man. When you guys are listening to this, it will be Thursday morning and there will be an NFL regular season football game on that night. Buccaneers, Cowboys tonight, I'm pumped. Cor, I can't wait to give you all our regular season preview.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty hyped. Football finally back. I don't know, usually it doesn't feel that long. But for some reason, like this year, I don't know, like that, that's that, that Chiefs Buccaneers Super Bowl feels mad long ago. I don't know about you.
0: No, it does. Definitely. For sure. And I just can't wait for all these teams to get back on the field and start. Uh, maybe the Chiefs avenge their Super Bowl loss. Obviously, the Buccaneers go first. So hopefully they can uh, keep the ball rolling. They got a lot of guys coming back. But like I kind of alluded to, we're going to give you guys a full rundown Um, for this episode. We're going to pick our division winners. We're going to pick our playoff teams our Super Bowl champion, and we're even going to give you some awards. Of course, our game picks are coming back, and then we'll sprinkle in some college at the end because week one of college football was real good this past weekend. It started off a little sour, if you ask me, but I know Sunday night was a great game. Even Monday night was a good game, too, so uh, we'll get into that after. But we're starting the NFL first. I will start, obviously, we'll start with the NFC East. If you know me, I'm a homer guy. The NFC East, obviously, last year, the Washington football team wins the division at 7-9. and nine. People were saying that it was the NFC least, which rightfully so you know what I mean it's not like there were any powerhouses in there it really was everybody's division to lose uh in that sense but I think this year it should be a lot stronger I know a lot more teams get healthier obviously the Cowboys get Dak Prescott back the Giants get Saquon Barkley back so I think it should be um a lot more competitive at least this year although last year it kind of was competitive to go down to the week 17 the last game of the season actually between the Eagles and Washington but um yeah, core. I'm interested. I guess give me your takeaway, kind of what you think about this division.
1: Yeah, I mean, overall, honestly, it's still not the strongest conference. But, yeah, I like, I love the competitiveness in this conference because you could honestly make an argument. I'll even put the Eagles. I don't really think they're that far behind. You could put an argument for all four of these teams without winning the NFC East. Like, there's not one team that sticks out. None of them are, are really, like, that good of teams, but they're all, like, capable of winning this division, which is which I kind of like. So I expect another close, contested battle between these four teams. I'm not sure what the record, record of the first-place team's going to be. I'll set the bar. I'll put it at over under – I'll put it at nine wins. No, I'll give them nine and a half. But, yeah, I expect a, a really competitive battle between these four teams. and. Yeah, I mean, I know. I think, should I think, I think I know who's gonna win this division. But I'm, I'm curious to see who you're gonna say first. <laughs>
0: all right. Well, before, before I get into my pick, I'll kind of react a little bit. I, I like what you said too about like from top to bottom. Honestly, I think this is the one division where like you, yeah, you really won't like be like, oh, that that is a real weak link in this division. Like I feel like for sure, like out of all, honestly, out of all the other eight divisions from top to bottom, I guess like it's like the least separation if you want to say. So that's good in a sense. I think nine and a half is a good number, uh, just like about wins. I think a team will need 10 wins if you ask me to win this division. If you, if you win 10 games, you should be in. Uh, so I'll give you my pick. I mean, it's not too much of a surprise, obviously. I'm going to be a homer. I'm going to go with the New York football Giants. Uh, preseason, obviously, I don't take a lot of stock in. I was a little upset with how the offensive line looked after not really upgrading it at all. That's definitely a red flag. And it's going to, again, the Giants' season this year is going to go as far as Daniel Jones takes them. But Daniel Jones is going to need some help. The offensive line is going to have to step up for what it did last year. And the skill players have to get healthy. Obviously, another big question mark, Saquon Barkley coming back from an ACL injury. He's probably going to go on Sunday. But again, he's going to be on like a snap count. You know what I mean? He's not going to get a ton of touches then. Evan Ingham's a guy who's kind of Like, leaning towards he's going to be out week one, which I don't know how big of a loss that really is. But still, he's a starting tight end. I don't care how inconsistent he is. He's uh, uh, very talented. Kenny Galladay with his hamstring. Kadarius Toney a little banged up. So it comes down to health in that sense with the Giants playmakers. But listen, they still bring back that solid defense from last year. Um, I think Washington could give them a good run for their money as well. I think they got a little better with Ryan Fitzpatrick, at quarterback. The Cowboys I see right through, and the Eagles are cursed from what they did last year, throwing a professional football game. So like I said, I'll be a homer here and I'll take the Giants.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's a a pretty surprising pick in in my opinion, considering you're a big Giants fan. So (laughs) yeah, honestly, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with the the Washington football team again. I think this team just their defense is really good. I know obviously chase young, a, um, a budding star, and I know they drafted who, – Who I forgot his name. I know they drafted a linebacker in the – In Jamin the, oh, Davis.
0: Jamin yeah. Davis from Kentucky. Yeah, good that's good was backer, thought. actually. Good backer.
1: Yeah, no, nah, it was a good pick. And I, I think their offense um improved. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick coming in, I, I think he can get the job done to lead this team to a division title. Obviously, brought in Curtis Samuel. I think Curtis Samuel, Terry McLaurin. Antonio Gibson and, and Logan Thomas on the rise of tight end. I think this offense should be very improved from last season. And, yeah, expect that defense to continue to build. Ron Rivera. And, yeah, I think the Washington football team takes this division.
0: Yeah, I like that, obviously. I think Washington is definitely a team on the rise. Obviously, they have an even better defense you could probably than the Giants in that sense. Definitely the best division, then, the best defense in the division. Uh, Chase Young, you mentioned their defensive line with Darren Payne, Jonathan Allen, also two other guys. They got a good D tackle. Matt, I think it's Ioannidis is his last name. So their front four is very fearsome in that sense. Fitzpatrick, I guess, like I don't completely love the fit in the sense that like Fitzpatrick's not the type of guy that I'd want as like my quarterback if I was like, want to be more of a conservative team in the sense where like, we're playing very good defense and stuff like that, and we just want our quarterback not to make a ton of mistakes because Fitzmagic is a little bit of a risk-taker in that sense. You know what I mean? He's magical. What do you want me to say? But I do think the Giants' biggest competition in this division is the Washington football team, and it just solely becomes two because Dallas, if you ask me, is just going to get out coached again. I don't think Mike McCarthy. I think Dallas is a good roster. I think, again, a lot of names there, but they don't really scare me too much in a sense. And like I said, Philadelphia, too. We meant, like we mentioned that I was like a clear fourth place team in the divi- in the division, but I definitely think the Giants, Washington and the Cowboys are at least a little step up on Philadelphia. I just think that they're kinda like a year behind in like what they're trying to build.
1: Oh yeah. I think uh personally I think I think the order I think for Washington I'll go first. I think I I think Dallas has a has a decent season. I think with Dak Prescott back they'll um I mean that offense is obviously like super talented. Brought in Michael Parsons on the defensive side of the ball. I think they come in second. I mean, I, I think your your football giants, I think they come in, in third in this division. I say I think they'll be a decent team though. And then yeah, Eagles fourth, but yeah, I expect a um a, I, I expect com- a competitive division. I'd say from first to fourth, I don't expect more than four game. I mean that's a decent amount, but like four game differentiating these four teams so any of these teams I think can go out and uh take this division.
0: Yeah, listen, I think it's one of the most open divisions at least in the sense cuz there are three pretty serious contenders in the sense. I don't, not a lot of other divisions can say that, but moving on to the NFC North, a division that I think is a lot more um a lot more predictable in a sense. I don't really think that anybody will take the Packers, so I'll kind of give my pick there right then the Packers. Obviously a couple months ago with all the um with all the uncertainty around Aaron Rodgers and stuff like that coming back, I think maybe it opened the door a little bit. But obviously, the Lions at the bottom of this division—I don't think anybody's taking them seriously. I know they're trying to build something with Dan Campbell, and I think honestly, they'll be maybe maybe they might steal a couple games because listen, Jared Goff isn't like the typical QB, I should say, for like a bottom of the league team in a sense. You know what I mean? The guy has had a lot of even playoff experience in a sense, so he's no like pushover. Like, listen, I don't love Jared Goff. Um, I think by Sean McVay moving on from him, it sounds like a pretty like intense message that like, Goff really isn't like a great quarterback in that sense because even McVay couldn't work with him. But still, the experience is there. Uh, Chicago, I think, is a mess. Their offensive line is horrible. And with Andy Dalton starting at quarterback from the get-go, I think that uh, he might lose a little bit of his team. And I think if they start to struggle and they don't make the move to fields early enough, I think uh, Matt Nagy is in danger of – losing his locker room in that sense. But I do think the Minnesota Vikings are going to be a lot better than last year. Obviously, they bring back um, a lot of the guys who were injured, like Anthony Bard, Danil Hunter, who are all – they missed, like, all of, like, but one game last year. They bring in Patrick Peterson. Up front, they brought in Michael Pierce. They brought in Dalvin Tomlinson as well from the Giants. So this defense is going to be a lot better. Their offense was playing behind a lot last year. Hopefully, Dalvin Cook can repeat his season as well as Justin Jefferson – But I just don't think it'll be enough. I think the Packers, even with Rodgers and Devontae Adams, um, too much to prove in that for them. And what Rodgers just says is going to be his last season in Green Bay. And, I mean, they don't really – they didn't really, like, bring in anybody. I know they lost their center, Corey Lindsley, but their offensive line was the best in football last year. They could afford to lose somebody there. Um, So, yeah, I I mean, I like the Packers. Like I said, they're just not losing – they really – Again, besides Lindsey, I can't really think off the top of my head where they lost, like, that was a valuable contributor. Maybe Jamal Williams, but they have A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. They should be okay.
1: Yeah, I think it's uh it's hard to pick against uh, the Packers in this division. I think over the last few years, like, the Packers just have owned the NFC North. And, yeah, I mean, the Detroit Lions, obviously, move, um, trade Matthew Stafford and bring in Jared Goff. Probably not the – long-term answer at quarterback but I mean Jared Goff has been to a Super Bowl I think the Lions aren't going to be as bad as people think like I think people think Lions like might be like the worst team in the NFL I think they'll be a little better than that but nowhere in like nowhere like really relevant in this division and then the Bears I think like you said about Andy Dalton I think Andy Dalton if he comes out and let's say the team starts like 0-3 I think they got to go right to Justin Fields, or else, like, there could be some some problems in that locker room, especially Matt Nagy. And then, yeah, I think the Minnesota Vikings, I think they're a playoff team in 2021, 2022. But I, I just don't think they're on the Packers level. I mean, the Packers last year lost David Bactari, uh before the playoffs and still made it to the NFC Championship game. Not saying they would have won if they had them, but they were right there without their best offensive lineman. So I think Aaron Rodgers coming back, probably the last dance in Green Bay with Bokhtari back. Also, I think there are two playoff teams in the division, but like it's hard to pick against the Green Bay Packers. So I'll go with
0: them. Again, so I I like how we're in agreement with the NFC North. like I said, I think it's more of a predictable division in a sense, but I do honestly think that, I, like, I, I just think the Vikings, are again, it's a little step. Low. I'd love to be a little bold here and take the Vikings over the Packers. But again, even with Rodgers, like, coming back and, like, how he's saying, oh, this is going to be it. Like, you know, he has a chip on his shoulder. And last year, Rodgers had a chip on his shoulder. And he, uh, he was pretty good, right? Uh, what he did, uh, only won the MVP. So I don't think yep. Rodgers is as good as he was last year, but um, still going to be enough. Moving on to the NFC South, I think a division that probably got worse than it did last year. Obviously, the Falcons lose Julio Jones. The Saints lose Drew Brees. The Saints did win the division last year. But they bring back the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers who bring back, I think, like their top 17 contributors or something like that. They lost, I think, one or two starters on both sides of the ball. Or honestly, maybe they didn't even lose any starters. Besides the point, I think this is the most one of, if you ask me, the most uh, like lopsided divisions in a sense. I think the team in first place will have a large gap between the rest. So I'll go with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers here. I don't think a lot to say. Like I have to say a lot here. I think they speak for themselves. Their roster, like I said, it's not a lot of turnover. Um, Devin White's only getting better. Levante David, Shaq Barrett, and Jason Pierre-Paul, that round out a crazy, crazy um, linebacker in core. Uh, their secondary, again, it was a little young last year with Carlton Davis, with Jamal Dean, uh, Antoine Winfield. They're only going to get more experience. And then obviously on the offensive side of the ball with Tom Brady, yes, he is getting a little older. But again, he has one of the best offensive lines of football. They bring in Giovanni Bernard, who maybe could be a nice third-down back for them, maybe something that they didn't really have last year. But uh, that, their team really clicked. They started seven and five last year, and then they didn't lose a game down the stretch after their bye week. So it looks like they finally figured it out. I don't think they'll. I think they'll get off to a lot better of a start this year, and I think uh, they have some uh, high aspirations, obviously, of repeating, and I think justifiably so because this team looks definitely almost destined, in a sense, to repeat.
1: Yeah, I mean the NFC South usually an interesting division, but I I don't think the Saints maintain their regular season dominance over over like the last few years that they've done. um, Losing Drew Brees, I think Jameis Winston will, will have a good year, but I mean I think it's hard to obviously pick against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the reigning Super Bowl champions. In this one, I think Carolina and Atlanta, two teams who could be decent, but I think there's a lot of question marks for both those squads. So, and the Saints, obviously, not, like, a lot of question marks surrounding them also, a lot of injuries, and obviously a new quarterback. So I think you have to go with 10 big Buccaneers here with, um, with legit chances of, of repeating as Super Bowl champions, and it's got to start by them winning the, the NFC South.
0: All right, so we kind of we're kind of in agreement again with the Buccaneers at the top of the division. It kind of be a little bit of a gap, but I'm curious out of the rest of the three, the Falcons, the Panthers, and the Saints, which of those teams do you think finish the second?
1: I think the Saints finish second. I'll give the I'll give the Panthers third. I don't know honestly. Panthers. I'll say the Saints are second. I think Jameis Winston does a fine job there, and Sean Payton's just too good of a football coach. So, I think they finished second, and then third and fourth could be a toss-up. I think the Falcons have a decent offense still, but, I mean, I don't know. They just – I know they don't have, – they have a, a new coach, I think, but – Arthur Smith, yep. Yeah, Arthur Smith, yeah. I just think – I'll go Carolina third, Atlanta fourth.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of in agreement with you, but I will say that Carolina, I think, could be a sneaky, sneaky, like, team that could honestly – like maybe squeeze into a wild card berth and top the Saints in that division. Just because obviously they bring back Christian McCaffrey, who missed all but three games last year. They did lose Curtis Samuel on the offensive side of the ball, but they brought in Terrace Marshall. And listen, Sam Darnold, I guess, hopefully can take this team to higher heights than Teddy Bridgewater did. They lost, I forgot, I think this guy was like eight one-score games last year. And Matt Rule said, like, I mean, if you flip those games, they're 12-4 and instead of 4-12, and I believe they were last year. So, I think there's a lot that could go right, potentially, for the Panthers this year. They got a lot better on defense, too. They brought in J.C. Horn, just a second second year in the system for a lot of their skilled players like under Matt Rule, under Joe Brady and stuff like that. So I think, yeah, the Panthers can make some noise. Obviously, that depends on Sam Darnold taking a big step forward. Sam Darnold kind of... Shows people that why he was worthy of a number three overall pick. I definitely think they can top the Saints in this division. The Saints defense is still sneaky. Like, they were really good last year, the Saints defense. They still will be good again this year. A little uncertainty. I know at the quarterback, Marshawn Lattimore. But their offense with no Michael Thomas, uh, Marquez Callaway's got some big shoes to fill early on. And Alvin Kamara, too. I mean, he's going to get... He's going to be an absolute workhorse, I feel like, this year. I, like They just don't have a ton of weapons on offense for Jameis Winston. That's the only thing that scares me maybe about the Saints this year. I think, honestly, the Saints ultimately do fall short of the playoffs, and I think that's one of the main reasons why.
1: Yeah, I, I like what you say about Carolina. If Sam Donald comes in and basically just revives his career in year number four, I think Carolina has a chance of not winning division. But, yeah, I think they can make some noise. Potentially in the NFC. And I think the Saints I don't know if they get in. I still think they're very competitive and like right there for a playoff spot. I I think I think the Saints will finish with at least at least nine wins. I think they'll finish over five hundred. I just think Sean Payton's just too good of a coach. I think Jameis Winston. I mean, in the past, I think when the when the Saints have had when Drew Brees has been out, they they continue to win. I know it's a little uh a little different right now with uh, a lot of injuries on the offensive side of the ball but I just think Alvin Kamara he's just a different breed can uh can do everything in the backfield and yeah I mean Marquez Callaway has a lot to a lot to fill up to and I'm not sure if he's up for it but I don't know I, I still just I like the Saints are just one of those teams that like you just look at the end of the year and they're just always there so I think I think the Saints will be good and I think the Panthers I think you made a good point. I think they'll be decent. I think Atlanta, I don't know. This might be Matt Ryan's last year in Atlanta. I, I think if they have a bad year, I think the um, Falcons might move on from, from Matt Ryan. But save that for another day, unless you want to get into that.
0: No, yeah. I I'll I will put that on the back burner, see how Atlanta's season at least gets started. But I kind of agree with you. I think there's going to be a lot of offense in Atlanta, but the defense, I think, will hurt them. And uh, honestly, I don't think Matt Ryan will be like as spectacular as – um. He's been in the past. But, uh, yeah, listen, the Saints, obviously, Sean Payne's still a great coach, one of the best in the league. So I'm sure they, they will be respected. Well, I kind of agree with you in that sense. I have them about like a, at a nine-win team in that sense, and maybe just falling short of the playoffs. Uh, But let's wrap up the NFC with probably, pro- I mean, most definitely the best division in football or what it should be. The NFC West, I think you could make a case for all four teams to – Potentially win this division. Obviously, you have the Los Angeles Rams who just brought in Matt Stafford. The San Francisco 49ers were all banged up last year, so they bring everybody back. Obviously, Trey Lance is a huge wild card there. Um, the Arizona Cardinals with Kyler Murray, they made a couple big pieces additions to their defense, and obviously, Seattle the Seattle Seahawks who have been kind of in the playoff discussion in the playoffs for the last decade. It almost seems like we're under Russell Wilson, so. Yeah, you kind of agreeing with me here that this is the most wide open division and uh if so, like who do you think uh rises to the top?
1: I think this division is definitely very wide open. I think it's it's just also four really good teams. Like you put any of these teams in probably the NFC East, any four of these teams, they're probably the favorite to to win that division. So 100%. Yeah, no, I think this is just a really tough division. And I am gonna go a little bold here. I'm actually gonna go with the Arizona Cardinals to to win this division. I know I expect Kyler Murray to take another another leap. And obviously they brought in um JJ J Watt in, in, in free agency and Zaven Collins, linebacker out of Tulsa. He looks like a ball player at linebacker. So I think this offense was pretty explosive last year, obviously. I mean, they, they, they lost Kenyon Drake, not really that big a loss, brought in James Conner, still have James Conner and Chase Edmonds. So I think Kyler Murray takes another leap. And I think the Arizona Cardinals, not that big of a surprise, but probably like the biggest underdog in this division. I think the, the Cardinals uh, take this division.
0: Yeah, I think that was a little bold from you for sure, Corey. They also bring in Rondell Moore wide receiver from Purdue. with their, They jet him in the second round, who has immense upside, and I think, in that offense, too, and how they run, like, four receivers. And it's all, uh, like, a spread offense. It's an air raid. Um, he could be a huge X factor uh, to kind of complement DeAndre Hopkins, in a sense. But I'm going to go uh different from you first in the in a couple picks after the north and the south we agreed in i'm gonna go with the los angeles rams i think this is kind of pretty obvious i've been tipping my hand all off season that once they brought matthew stafford a guy who i've always thought is criminally underrated at the quarterback position you plug him into sean McVay's system he should go crazy i'm a little scared about their defense only in the sense that they lost brandon staley who's now the chargers head coach i think last year what he was able to do and make them probably the best defense in the league um like I said, his job there was unbelievable, but they still bring Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, two of the best defenders in football and two guys who opposing teams have to game plan against that just frees up other players like Darius Williams last year for the Rams was so great for them. Um, Leonard Floyd as well was so good for them. So I'm not really too worried about their defense. Like I said, this is just more on me betting in Stafford and betting in McVay and their defense again, to keep holding it together. I know they lose John Johnson. They lose Troy Hill. So, guys who are replaceable will be a little tough to replace, but ultimately those guys are replaceable. But I do want to give a little shout out too to the San Francisco 49ers. Obviously they had a tough year last year, but I think obviously they're also very worthy of winning this division. I think with um, Trey Lance, like I think if Trey Lance gets in that quarterback. um I think it, Raises their ceiling. I think obviously they need a big season out of Nick Bosa too, coming back on that defensive line. But I, again, similar to the Rams in the sense, losing Robert Sala as your defensive coordinator, you kind of want to see now how Demeco Ryans, who's their new defensive coordinator there, kind of steps in if he's able to keep everything consistent from last year. And uh, I guess that leaves it with the Seahawks. I think that's pretty crazy that uh, we, we're talking about them kind of last in the sense. Not really like, obviously, we're talking about like they're a serious um, division contender, but Russell Wilson. Obviously, he was great in the beginning of last year, kind of tailed off a little bit. They still have a ton of playmakers on both sides of the ball, Jamal Adams, Bobby Wagner on defense, then on offense, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Chris Carson. Um, but yeah, I don't know. The Seahawks just like, in a sense, they don't like wow me in a division that is the most competitive, but with Russell Wilson, I guess you never uh, count him out.
1: Yeah, I mean, Russell Wilson, him, his like first five games of the year, like every season, this guy is just on another level. Like they should have like they have like hoodie mellow for basketball, like beginning of the year Russ is just like different. Like he's just an absolute animal. I, I would not say that the Seahawks are the worst team in this division. I don't even I think like you can't claim the worst team in this division. I just think it's so competitive and all these teams are playoff playoff caliber teams. So I think Seahawks kinda in a similar situation as last year didn't really do that much i mean they figured um solve some like minor issues out with russ brought him back so i don't know what their what their ceiling is but yeah the san francisco 49ers should see some improvements from them obviously made the super bowl the year before that uh jimmy g gonna start off the season as qb1 uh, i'm curious to see if when trey lance comes in or if uh jimmy g if he, if, if, the, if he's cooking with this squad if they just ride with him but I think uh, obviously lost Robert Sala, the defensive coordinator, to New York Jets. But, I mean, this was a team that was very banged up last year, healthy right now. I think um, it's another team that should make some noise in the NFC in general and in the in the NFC West. This is easily going to be the most fun division in the NFL with uh, four really good teams.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely agreeing with that um, about how competitive this division will be. So that kind of brings us to our three wildcard teams then, Court, in the NFC. I think you kind of hinted at one of them earlier, but I guess I'll start here for first. I got my, my three wildcard teams right now. I'm taking the 49ers. I think the 49ers, again, will push the Rams to the brink in the NFC West. I think they ultimately will lose it, though. Uh, I'm high on the Minnesota Vikings this year, so I'm going to lean with them as my second. And then the third wild card, if you ask me, with those two teams, I think more comfortably. And I think it's a battle between the Seahawks and the Cardinals. And I'm going to edge it out to the Seahawks because I think they have the advantage coaching. And I think they have the advantage at quarterback in the sense that Russell, I think maybe Murray might have a better statistical season. But again, Russell Wilson just has more experience and stuff like that in those higher leverage games. I don't love what the Cardinals did last year down the stretch to lose back-to-back games. I know that one that they lost to the 49ers to, just to play spoiler. Uh Obviously, Cliff Kingsbury has been there for a couple years, but I think they do have the worst coach in the NFC West. And I'm a Cliff Kingsbury fan, but, like, it's just, like, Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, um, Pete Carroll, and then what's his name? Like, you know what I mean? There's a drop-off there. So when you're playing six games in the division and, again, you don't have the coaching advantage in six of those, like, that's that's a tough hill to overcome. So I think the Cardinals ultimately will lose out on that. I think the Cardinals still win nine or even maybe even ten games in a sense. But I think maybe their division record haunts them a little bit, so that's why I'll slide the Seahawks just above them. And uh, yeah, so who, who do you have in the what's we call your playoff? Uh, yeah, your uh, wild cards, excuse me.
1: I made a bold pick, picking the uh, the Arizona Cardinals, and it's honestly crazy to uh, think like not all those teams in the West are gonna make it. But obviously, mm-hmm. I said earlier, I think the Minnesota Vikings get in as a wild card team, and. I think the next two come from, from the from the NFC West. And I think it's gonna be tough. But I'll go with the Los Angeles Rams. And I'm gonna go with the Seattle Seahawks. I, I I think the 49ers, it's just tough. Like I think the 49ers easily are gonna be right there. I just think Seattle, I just they just make the playoffs every year. And Pete Carroll just I know Kyle Shannon also a really good coach, but I just think Pete Carroll has a Super Bowl ring. I just can't see him missing the playoffs, and obviously Sean McVay bringing the Matthew Stafford. I think the Rams get in. Also, it's hard to to not have the 49ers get in.
0: But yeah, I'll go with the the Seahawks, Rams, and Vikings is my three teams. Yeah, I do like though how we're on the same page in a sense that it seems like there's like kind of eight playoff teams in a sense because the four from the West, right? You know what I'm saying? Like the four yeah, from yeah. the NFC West, and then the Bucks, uh, Packers, Vikings, and then whoever you think takes it out of the NFC East. So. I think it's going to be a competitive race in the NFC. I don't really think any of, there's any other teams that play for a wild card. Obviously, we have the Giants of Washington winning the East, so I guess maybe the other team. But I really think you're going to have to win 10, probably 11 games to be a wild card team in the NFC. because I think it will be very competitive in that sense. But let's move on to the AFC, and I guess we'll start in the AFC East, a uh, division that was last year won by the Buffalo Bills after all those years of New England dominating it. Um obviously New England got so much better this year. They brought in all those reinforcements in the offseason. Matthew Judon, uh Judon, excuse me, and uh Hunter Henry, Johnny Smith, Nelson Aguilar. They draft Mac Jones. He will be their starting quarterback under center. They get all their opt-outs back as well. Um, even with that though, I still will lean the Buffalo Bills. I know the Dolphins last year also bet a lot a lot improved. I think their season this year, obviously their defense is so good. Uh really like lies in the hands of Tua. And if Tua can make a big jump forward on offense, obviously this year though, they did give him a lot of playmakers. They brought in Wolf Fuller. They drafted Jalen Waddle. So they're giving him a great chance to succeed. So I ultimately think though, the bills do take this division again. I think they're just too explosive on offense. Josh Allen obviously is on, um, was on a tear last year. And I think he just continues to get better. I think there's a little chance for a little regression though, with the bills. It just scares me that like, they don't run the ball well at all. Uh, so I think Josh like Josh Allen is their most capable runner in a sense. And like their defense can be a little suspect. I, I like at times last year it wasn't great. I know obviously Sean McDermott there. Uh they should like they should they should be fine if you ask me to win the AFC East, but uh they do scare me a little bit of a sense on there. obviously they have Super Bowl aspirations. I think their their team is good enough, but I think they have like maybe one too many holes that uh I would I would say. But I'm still going the Bills to win the AFC East.
1: Yeah, I think the AFC East is um it's gonna be a solid division with uh the Bills, Patriots, and Dolphins all with playoff aspirations. Obviously, my New York Jets are kinda I wouldn't say like yeah, they're kinda in a rebuild phase, just got Zach Wilson, but definitely had a, a good off season, but I don't think they're ready to win this division yet. I think maybe in a year or two, maybe. But I'll go with the Buffalo Bills also, I just think Josh Allen is definitely the truth I think there were uh, some concerns before last season about him but I think he quieted the haters after having an MVP type season so I think the bills what would they go last year 12 and four or 13 and three
0: I believe they were 13 and three last year yeah
1: I don't know if they if they I know they're 17 games so I don't know if they win 13 14 games but I think 12 and five is a realistic realistic thing maybe that's like a drop of a regression but i just think the bills are, are a really good team i mean made the playoffs two years in a row i think they win this division this year for uh second straight season and i think the i think the patriots pretty close behind and i think dolphins coming third with the jets coming in fourth so yeah i like the bills taking the they've seized
0: yeah, I'm in agreement with that AFC East order as well. And I guess I'll give you a little love with the Jets. I think you're right in the sense that I think they're just a year away. Obviously, this year's kind of the more of let's see what you have out of Zach Wilson, obviously, in your new system with Mike LaFleur as the offensive coordinator, Sala as the head coach. And let's kind of gear up for 2022. Let's build something here so that we can bring in a free, a big free agent, a top 10 draft pick, and then let's kind of make a push into 2022 and show that we are for real in a sense. But, yeah, I still think the Bills are at the top of this division. Um for sure, and I don't think, honestly, as much as you can be optimistic with the Jets, I don't think they challenged the Bills in that sense. But moving to the AFC North, a division last year that sent three teams to the playoffs in the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Cleveland Browns, and the Baltimore Ravens. I think, again, uh, potential to, to send three teams to the playoffs. I think the Cincinnati Bengals are the clear-cut fourth team in this division. Uh, I think Joe Burrow, obviously, hopefully he comes back uh, strong from the ACL tear. Tamar Chase, hopefully he gets it together. I don't love how the Bengals didn't really do a ton – to improve their offensive line, after again their quarterback just is coming back from a like a major knee injury. But I know they brought in like um, a left tackle from the Vikings. I can't think of his name off the top of my head. So hopefully he helps out. But I know like one of their one of their second round draft picks too like lost a job in camp. So again they're running like journeyman guards out there. I just don't love that. Maybe they probably should have went Penny Sewell with the fifth pick, but it is what it is now. Let's kind of talk about these playoff. Uh, like the teams that probably will be in the playoffs in this division. Uh, I guess we'll start with the Cleveland Browns, if you ask, because that's going to be my pick to win this division. I think the Browns just do everything right. Their defense is going to get even better from last year. They brought in both Troy Hill and John Johnson from the Rams. They brought in Jadeveon Clowney, who, listen, Clowney's a big name, hasn't had like a ton of success in the past couple years, but he's still a very capable run defender. And playing opposite of Miles Garrett, it's just going to open up a ton of stuff for him. They brought in uh, – The Notre Dame linebacker, Owusu Koromoa, in the draft. So, yeah, I think this Browns team is just crazy talented. Obviously, they get Odell back on the offensive side of the ball as well. They should ride Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, keep running the ball well behind the best offensive line in football. And, again, if Baker can take another step forward, I think they are really like a Super Bowl contender, as crazy as it is to say a couple years ago, if you are like the Browns are competing for Super Bowls, you would have been like, you're crazy. Uh, I think the Ravens and the Steelers are both capable of, winning the division. I think maybe the Ravens a little bit more. I think the Steelers lose a couple pieces on their offensive line from last year, a little bit more uncertainty there, but uh, yeah, I'm curious if you're in agreement with me.
1: Yeah, I'm definitely in agreement. I think the the Cleveland Browns probably a top three, most talented roster from top to bottom on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. I just think um, Kevin Stefanski did a great job in his first year as head coach. And yeah, I think the Browns, coming off an eleven eleven win season, I don't see any type of regression here. I think the the Browns, if anything, step it up a little and are able to to take this division with the Ravens in close second. I think the Bengals coming coming last place here. I think bringing in Jamar Chase was a was a nice move because obviously the the former duo. At LSU between um, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, but I think Joe Burrow needs some time t- time to throw the ball, especially coming off a, uh, a torn ACL and taking a lot of big hits last year. So they have really good skill players, but I don't know how much it's gonna it's gonna work due to the offensive line. And yeah, I think the Steelers, I think they'll be competitive again. I think Najee Harris bringing him in at um at running back with um hoping Big Ben does not have to throw the ball as much as he did last year. I mean, in the playoff game last year, he threw the ball like 60 times, and that's just not going to get you get you a win these days with um, Big Ben passes prime, kind of. So, yeah, I'll go the the Cleveland Browns to win this division, uh, Ravens second, Steelers third, Bengals fourth.
0: Yeah, Cor, I'm, I'm happy we're starting to agree in this AFC. Uh, one thing I'll say about the Ravens, too, that I think ultimately will result in the Browns winning division is that, like, yeah, they brought in a couple playmakers on offense, but again, they lost J. K. Domins at running back, which is a huge loss. Uh Justice Hill as well. So I mean, right now they're riding with Gus Edwards. Obviously they did just bring in Levy and Bell, but who knows what Bell is going to bring to the table. You know what I mean? I've been saying he's washed for the past year and I still believe that. Um stop you from picking yeah. up fantasy though. No, it didn't because I know for some reason I think people love to still think Le'Veon Bell is gonna give you a good like good good games. I just personally don't. I think his best years are way behind him, and I really don't think like if it's like i think his past got him this job is what i'm saying i think that uh the ravens probably should have went in a different direction but listen who knows maybe it could be a capable pass catcher for them and kind of play on third down which is what they could use to complement gus edwards in that sense and um rashad bateman also down at the receiver position so really like early on in the year it's they don't have any new receivers from last year it's the same thing so i think that ultimately will hurt them obviously their defense is still elite But Lamar Jackson, I think, has a ton of pressure on his shoulders this year from running the ball this standpoint and even throwing the ball because of uh, the lack of playmakers, I'll say, around him still. Um, Moving on to the AFC South, uh, I think this is a clear-cut two-horse race. Uh, I'll keep it brief with the Texans. I think the Texans are going to be the worst team in the league. I just think they're an absolute dumpster fire. And the Jaguars, again, are just trying to build something. Hopefully, Trevor Lawrence looks good and Urban Meyer can – Uh, prove that he can coach at the NFL level but again I think this is between the Titans and the Colts two playoff teams for last year the Titans and the Colts were both 11 and 5 but the Titans ended up winning I believe both of the regular season matchups so they got uh into the play they got the division win there but listen the Colts did give the Bills a good run for their money in the first round of the playoffs last year Phillip Rivers is gone Carson Wentz is in and he will play week one uh I don't love the Titans. I, I've always thought that the Titans have just like kind of overachieved in a sense. I think their defense is atrocious. Um, obviously, they did bring in Julio Jones on offense. They brought in Bud Dupree too on defense. Who I don't know. He's good. There's a lot of. I just think that like a lot of his production in the past couple of years just was because of the rise of T.J. Watt and playing opposite of him. So I'm gonna lean towards the Indianapolis Colts again. Another team that was top three in defense last year. And again, they just bring in a guy like Carson Wentz, who I've always kind of like backed up in a sense that this guy is like a good quarterback. Like there's no, like make no mistake about it. Last year, if you asked me, it was a fluke. Uh, I think he was on his head and stuff like that. He was, he just tries to do a little bit too much. Hopefully back where Frank Reich um, can really elevate him. I think also too, with the Titans losing Arthur Smith, maybe that hurts them a little bit on, on the offensive side of the ball, with the new play caller. So yeah, I'm going to go with the Colts here. And I, uh, I think maybe two, I think the Titans just get a little bit too much love and the Colts don't. So I'll, I'll go with the Colts.
1: Yeah, I think clearly it's a a two-headed race. I think, yeah, like you said, I honestly agree. If you were going to bet for who's going to be the worst team in the NFL, I think the Texans probably get the most votes, and I think they probably will be the worst team. Obviously, Jacksonville, um, similar to the Jets, kind of, just a team who just got hopefully their franchise quarterback but obviously not ready to compete yet. And, yeah, I think the Colts and Titans are two. I mean, the AFC is extremely stacked. But I think both these teams can can definitely get into the playoffs. This will be a very competitive race. I think these two teams split their uh, two games last season. So I'm going to take the Tennessee Titans here. I think um, their defense, obviously, pretty bad-headed Bud Dupree. And uh, Caleb Fairley in the draft, who obviously Mm – was a pretty top talent. I think he he fell with um, some injury worries, but I just think their offense is very explosive. I don't think anyone has a trio of A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, and Derrick Henry. And I think Ryan Tannehill, I think he's thought of as, as strictly like a game manager, but I think he's more than that. A uh, former first-round pick, obviously, at a Texas a and I think the Titans' offense is really good, and I think if their defense can just be I'm not even saying, like, good. Like, if they could have, like, an average defense, I think Titans uh, take this division.
0: Yeah, it's a fair point. I think a lot to rides on Julio Jones' health because if he's healthy, I mean, A.J. Brown and Julio Jones is, would be the best receiving duo in the league. And then Derrick Henry, obviously, that running back, opens it up for them. That's unbelievable. Interesting to see how the offense replaces Johnny Smith, though. Obviously, Jones will step in for Corey Davis, in a sense, and probably produce a little bit more than he did. but. Mm-hmm they uh, they kind of doing a tight end by committee so I know uh friskers there I think like Jeff Swain Swain is there too so be interesting to see uh if they can somebody can take that production uh let's round it out with the AFC West and I think this is probably the easiest pick that we'll make of the day uh, obviously I'm going with the Kansas City Chiefs uh team that won the Super Bowl 2 years ago lost in the Super Bowl again kind of got humbled in a sense of the Super Bowl against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers I think that's just going to let them come out Uh, even more with a chip on their shoulder, I think. I've said for the past, like, that the Chiefs, they just like, I don't know, they kind of just get bored in a sense, it looks like, in the regular season. Like, they play a lot of, like, close games in the sense. Like, I know last year, against like the Falcons, it was close, and the Panthers. Like, they win the games, but I don't know. I think this year, the Chiefs kind of take it a little personal. Obviously, they beefed up their offensive line this year. They brought in Orlando Brown. They brought in Joe Thune. They brought in Creed Humphrey in the draft. They lose Sammy Watkins on offense, which – isn't saying a lot. Like, you know what I mean? miko Hartman should step fine into that number two receiver role. I can't think of, I, they don't lose any key contributors on their defense. So yeah, I think, again, I think it's more of a conversation of who comes in second in this division. And I guess I'll lean there. I guess I'll go with the Los Angeles Chargers. I think them bring in Brandon Staley was a huge hire, one of the best hires in the off season to work with Justin Herbert too. Uh, They brought in Joe Lombardi from the Saints. So again, a guy who's had, a good schematic background in his career. Hopefully, let Herbert take another step in the positive direction of this game. They get Derwin James back. I think the Chargers can make a lot of noise and potentially even be a playoff team. I don't think that, again, they overtake the Chiefs, but I think the Chargers kind of stand out to me as the second-best team in this division.
1: Yeah, this is a, um, a tough pick. I mean, no, no, what am I saying? It's a tough pick. I was talking about, like, second, third, fourth. I think all those teams mm-hmm. are solid. Yeah, obviously, first-place first, first place. Got to go to Kansas City Chiefs here, like you said. I think they do get they um, show that they get bored sometimes during the regular season, but I think losing to the to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last year, I think kind of humbles them, and I think they uh, they go out and dominate this division and obviously win the AFC West. And yeah, I think second place. I'm also going to go. With the Los Angeles Chargers, at least talent-wise, I think they're the second best team in the division. If they could uh if they could win some some like close games and and stop choking away leads, I mean they'd be a playoff team. So yeah, I think the Chargers coming second. I'm gonna go with the Broncos coming in third. Actually, no, no, stop that. I'm go I'm go with the uh it's tough. I I think Nah, I'm going to go with the Raiders coming third. I just think they usually are decent and just choke the last few games of the year. And I think the Denver Broncos come in uh, fourth in this division. But I think all four of these teams are uh, capable of winning. I mean, obviously, the Chiefs are really good. But I think even, like, the worst team in this division capable of winning at least eight games. I think this will be a uh, solid division all around. But the
0: Chiefs, obviously, on another level in this one. Yeah, I agree with you in the sense that I think that there's no team in this that is really, really bad. I think if there's one team that has the potential to be pretty bad, it is the Raiders because they lost a lot of their offensive line um, and their defense, I think, just isn't good at all. I think, honestly, the Broncos will finish better with them. I think the Raiders will kind of round up this division and lead to a lot of questions in the offseason about what should happen with their general manager uh, and even potentially Derek Carr at the quarterback position. I think John Gruden is a little safe at head coach. But let's wrap out our conference previews really with our – I guess we'll go AFC playoff teams first, and then we'll go with our Super Bowl pick. Core. Um, I've mentioned the Ravens. I think are still going to be real competitive in that AFC North this year. So I still have the Ravens winning one of the wild cards. I think the New England Patriots bounce back after a tough year last year, with obviously all their reinforcements. I think Mac Jones leads them to a uh, playoff berth. And I'm all I'm all off the Titans wave. I don't. Th- I think the Titans will miss the playoffs um completely and i'll go with the los angeles chargers to take that last playoff spot uh and yeah I just believe in brandon staley and justin herbert again taking another step forward i just don't think i think that um we're getting derwin james back their defense has a chance to be real special uh like a lot a lot better than it was especially last year and i think like not enough people like they were a really good team last year but like their coaching just blew them a couple games like they should not have been seven and nine last year so i think well like, well-improved in that department. I think the Chargers end up squeaking into the playoffs. And the Titans kind of are on the outside looking in. Uh, they do have a tough schedule this year, too. I was taking a look at that because I was like, I think it's pretty crazy if you ask me to say the Titans aren't making the playoffs. But uh kind of backs me up in that sense. The Steelers, too, and the Dolphins, just two teams that if you ask me just on the outside looking in. But uh, I definitely think there are more formidable – like, there's a lot more teams in the AFC that could be in play for the wild-card push than there are in the AFC. Uh, and in the NFC. You know what I mean
1: oh uh, yeah, nah. I I think I think the two teams who definitely making the playoffs here. I like I like the Baltimore Ravens obviously off the bat. I think uh, I I just think the Ravens are still playoff quality. I think the uh, Indianapolis Colts also. I mean they have a brutal first five game stretch, but mm. I think they also get in. And I think um kind of on a similar page. I know you don't have the Titans getting in. I haven't won division, but I think that the Patriots. The Patriots, Steelers, and Chargers, all capable. Uh, I mean, I'll even throw in the Dolphins. Like, those four teams, definitely capable of uh, getting that last wild card spot. But I'm actually going to agree with you. I think the Los Angeles Char- Chargers, um, I think they get in uh, to the playoffs here. I think um, – no, I just think, yeah, they getting a new coach. Uh, Anthony Lynn gone, obviously. And I think if they could just close out games – they they should easily be able to to win at least nine ten games, which I think could get them into the playoffs. So I'll go the Ravens, Colts, and uh, Chargers, my three AFC wildcard teams.
0: Ravens, Colts, Chargers. All right, so again, I think we're pretty much almost in agreement in all of our playoff teams and I are one pick off in each conference and that. So that's good to know. Uh, Core, I guess you'll go first here with your Super Bowl pick. Who you got winning and over who?
1: Yeah, I'm actually going to go... I mean, I'm gonna go with the Kansas City Chiefs here I think a um I think after losing in the um, the, the Super Bowl last year, I think they have a major chip on their shoulder and I think they upgraded offensive line obviously, so I think they they win and i think I think they actually beat. The Green Bay Packers. I'm I'm pick the Green Bay Packers. I think Aaron Rodgers' last dance. I think he gets to the Super Bowl. I think he comes up just short. I think Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs uh win the win the Super Bowl for the second time in three years. So yeah, Chiefs over the Packers. All
0: right, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go a little different than you, core. I'm gonna go with the Los Angeles Rams beating the Cleveland Browns. I want to go a little bold here. You know what I mean? I think I think um. Uh, Sean McVay, obviously, and Matt Stafford are going to peak late, and I think it's going to uh, take them over the top. And I think the Cleveland Browns, they're going to see the Kansas City Chiefs week one. So they played them tough last year in the playoffs. I know Mahomes uh, left that game early. But, again, that was a close game, and I think they have the most capable roster to beat the Chiefs. And I ultimately think they will beat them in, like, the AFC Championship or something like that. But, uh, yeah, listen, I, I've said all along how I love this Rams team, and I'm just really thanking on McVay and Stafford to take that offense to the next level with Robert Woods, Cooper Cup as playmakers, Sony Michelle and Darrell Henderson in the backfield. And again, their defense was so good last year. And I'm just betting on their talent on obviously, with the two stars in Donald and Ramsey, that losing Brandon Steely doesn't hurt too much. So I'm gonna go with that. Uh, let's go to awards quarter. We'll wrap, we'll run through these awards pretty quickly. Um I guess we'll start with Rookies of the Year, Offensive and rookies of the offensive and Defensive Rookies of the Year. I'll go first with my Offensive Rookie of the Year. I'll go with Mac Jones. I think Mac Jones is going to be starting on a playoff-caliber team. I think he's going to put up – I think maybe other quarterbacks maybe put up bigger numbers, but I think Jones puts up more efficient numbers. And, uh, yeah, just – I don't know. I'm, I want to go a little bold again too, so I'll take Mac Jones to win my Offensive Rookie of the Year. Defensive Rookie of the Year, I think it's like kind of – I think Michael Parsons kind of run away with it just because, again, the other two high draft picks on defense were – uh cornerbacks and unless a lot of them have a lot of interceptions i think michael parsons will be a tackling machine for dallas uh so yeah i'll go with those two guys as my rookies who win awards
1: yeah i think as the jets fan i'm not really gonna say much biased I honestly I, I would say justin fields but i'm just not exactly sure when he's gonna become the starter if he was started from day one there's no doubt in my mind i would pick justin fields but i'm gonna go with zach wilson uh, on the new york jets I've honestly, I was, I was high on uh, fields over Wilson, but after watching Zach Wilson in the preseason, he honestly looks really good, really calm in the pocket. So go him as um, my offensive rookie of the year and defensive rookie of the year, kind of on the same page with you. I'm going to go with Michael Parsons on the Dallas Cowboys, obviously JC Horn and Patrick Sertan, two really good um, defensive players, but yeah, they play cornerback. So stats might not jump off the table. But yeah, I'll go with Michael Parsons with Jamin Davis. Um, yeah, Jam and Davis giving um
0: like a sleeper pick, but I'll go with uh I'll go Michael Parsons. Oh, I like that. I like Davis as a sleeper pick. But uh, yeah, I think obviously if you ask me offensive rookie of the year will come down to the three rookie quarterbacks who are starting Jones, Lawrence, and uh, Zach Wilson. I think, honestly, all three of them have a pretty equal shot at taking it. I think Wilson and Lawrence, like I said, put up maybe bigger numbers, but I think Jones is maybe more efficient in that sense, and they side with them in a sense because, like, their team is just going to trend in the right direction. So, like, the hype around them is going to be even more. Whereas, like, Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, they played really good, but they lost 38-20. to So, um, (laughs) let's go with player, offensive, and defensive player of the years. Uh, I'm going to go with a guy who's coming back on the offensive side of the ball last year, only played three games. Christian McCaffrey kind of got robbed a couple years ago. But I mean, again, uh, Michael Thomas was so great. So you can't really blame him. But, yeah, I think McCaffrey hits the ground running this year. Healthy with Sam Darnold in that offense. Um, so obviously, you know how talented Christian McCaffrey is. So I think another running back takes offensive player of the year and, and defensive player of the year. I'm gonna go away from Aaron Donald. I'm gonna go with Miles Garrett, a guy who had in 14 games last year had 12 sacks. I uh, was a first team All Pro, and I just think he's one of those game wreckers too on the defensive line, where he's gonna open things up for other people. He's still gonna put up his own numbers. So uh, with the with me kind of being high too on the Browns this year, I think it's fitting that I'll go with Miles Garrett to win Defensive Player of the Year.
1: Yeah, like those picks with Offensive Player of the Year, I'm gonna go with Alvin Kamara out in New Orleans. I'm calling it now, and when it happens, we could uh we could go back to the season. I think Alvin <laughs> Kamara has never had in a 1,000-yard rushing season, but I think this year he has an 1,000-yard rushing season and an 1,000-yard receiving season, similar to what Ka- Christian McCaffrey did about two years ago. So I think based off that, I, I just don't see how anyone else does better than that. So I'll go Alvin Kamara as my offensive player of the year. In defensive player of the year, I'll go out in Washington. I'll go Chase Young, the second year man at Ohio State. I think he takes another big leap and has at least 15 sacks. I think Chase Young goes in and uh, wins defensive player of the year.
0: Chase Young, I like it going a little bold with the younger, with the young gun. Avakumov is a great pick too. I honestly think that. I'm not going to obviously change my pick, but Kamara's a great one because of what he's going to do in New Orleans and the volume. MVP core, I'm going to go with the guy who won it a couple years ago. I'll go with Patrick Mahomes. I've been saying all year about how, um, like, they're just going to have a huge chip on their shoulder. I think they ultimately will fall just short of um, the Super Bowl. But, listen, I'm, I'm going to go – I'll go a little chalk here. I'll take uh, probably the favorite, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I'm going
1: to go with a bold pick. My prediction to win the NFC West, I don't think they – obviously make it to Super Bowl or anything, but I think Kyler Murray wins MVP. I think Patrick Mahomes obviously capable, but I mean, he's won an MVP already. I think if um, Kyler Murray balls out and they win the NFC West, I- I'd like Kyler Murray to win uh, MVP.
0: Hey, listen, man. Kyler Murray looked like he was well on his way. He had a got off to a great start last year towards the end of the year, got a little bit banged up. He stopped running the ball, but I love that pick where I think he's going to put up a lot of big numbers again uh, for the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, and with that kind of brings us into our game picks for this week. You know, with the NFL season coming back, you got our, your survivor pools, you got your pick em pools and stuff like that. So we're going to give you guys our picks. We're not going to post them on the Instagram though, because let me tell you something. I'm telling you, it is cursed, man. I am cursed when any picks on that go out. So for those listening, you're welcome for taking a stand and, uh, Whatchamacallit, we call keeping these things good. We're going to kind of fly through these. We've kind of been previewing these teams, so you kind of know where we stand on them. First game core, which will be Thursday night, the Cowboys versus the Buccaneers. Buccaneers are eight-point favorites. I think the Cowboys ultimately keep this close, so I'll take them with the points, but I'll take Tampa Bay to win it straight up.
1: Yeah, I'm honestly on the same exact page. I expect Dallas to keep this thing close, but I just think, and um, I wouldn't say this is a big game. It's only the first game of the year, but I just think, Against good teams, Dallas usually does not beat them. So I'll take I'll take Dallas with the points, but I'll definitely take Tempe to win
0: the game. Okay, moving on to the Sunday game, the 1 o'clock slate. The Eagles travel to Atlanta to play the Falcons. The Falcons are three-point favorites here. As much as it pains me to do this, I'm going to lean the Eagles both ways. I think the Eagles will win this game ultimately, even as underdogs. Um, I think the Atlanta Falcons, like I said, Their defense is horrible. I think the the Eagles do have a better defense. I'm expecting a big uh, jump from Jalen Hurts, hopefully, from year one to year two. So, yeah, I'll side with them in a game that should feature a lot of points because these are two offenses. And I know I said the Eagles' defense is better, but, like, that's not saying much. So, um, yeah, I'll leave it with the Eagles here. Hopefully, Miles Sanders has a good game. And Devonta Smith uh, makes a big impact in this first game.
1: Yeah, we're honestly on the same page again. I like the Eagles here a lot. I think the Eagles obviously cover the spread and win win outright. I just like Jalen Hurts in, in in his first game, first full season as a starter, hopefully. I like him to, to get the job
0: done and the Eagles take the win here. All right, Core. Moving on to the Steelers and the Bills, a rematch of that Sunday night football game last year. The Bills six and a half point favorites here. Um I'm kind of I mentioned that where Maybe I'm a little skeptical of the Bills in a sense of taking a step back this year. I don't think that happens this Sunday. I think the Bills, uh, their offense comes out uh, explosive again. I think as good as this year's defense is, it's just going to be a bit too much for them. So I'll take the Bills here to win.
1: Yeah, I'll take –
0: I think this game is honestly
1: pretty pretty close. Minus 6.5 is the spread, I think. So I think the Bills win by about a touchdown. So I'll take the Bills minus 6.5, obviously, to
0: win. All right, moving on to a game that I feel honestly really good about. The Minnesota Vikings are traveling to Cincinnati to play the Bengals. Listen, I've been praising the Minnesota I don't really like the Minnesota Vikings, but I've been praising them, man, because their roster is just like – it is very good. You know what I mean? They had a tough year last year, but just a lot of things weren't wrong. I think the Vikings here are only three-point favorites. just crazy. I would definitely take the Vikings here. Uh, which, well, I think they're a survivor pool play potentially too for those out there. So, yeah, I'll go with the Vikings here uh, even with the three-points. Um, I think yeah, even Joe Burrow coming back may, might not even be 100 percent because he hurt that knee like around week eight and stuff like that. Uh, they got it like they haven't looked great. The Bengals in preseason, I don't know, Jamar Chase look like like uh, can't catch anything. So I'll go with the Vikings here, Dalvin Cook to to run all over Cincinnati.
1: Yeah, I mean, seems like we're on the same page once again. I just like the Vikings here. I think the Vikings come out and beat the Cincinnati Bengals first game of the season. I think they cover. Minus three, also. So, yeah, Davin Cook goes runs crazy. Justin Jefferson
0: goes crazy, also. I think the, the Vikings put up at least thirty-five on on the Bengals here. At least thirty-five on the Bengals. I'm liking the score prediction core. Moving on <laughs> to the 49ers, seven and seven and a half point favorites traveling to Detroit to play the Lions. Um, listen, we've said that the I've said that the Lions I don't think are going to be particularly good, but again, this is just a place where Jared Goff has played the Forty ers a ton in his career and had good success against them. Dan Campbell's probably going to have that should have the Lions uh, out firing. Um, I think seven and a half, and then it's just too big of a number. So I'll take the Lions with the points. I think the 49ers ultimately win this game, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I think like first game playing under new head coach. And like I said, just Jared got's experience against the 49ers. will keep it a bit close. And uh, interesting. this I think like, it looks like Jimmy Garoppolo will be starting under center. So I'm wonder, I'm curious to see if Trey Lance, if he's even active because of his uh, finger injury, if he will be out there and how they deploy him. But uh, yeah, I think, uh, the Lions' offensive line, too, a little underrated in that sense. So maybe they'll be able to get something moving on offense. And, uh, yeah, but, again, I think the 49ers ultimately win this game.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, Peyo, we're on the same page once again, which probably is not a great sign.
0: So not
1: I mean, at all. Yeah, nah. For us being on the same on the same page for all these picks, probably not a great idea. But, yeah, I mean, I think the San Francisco 49ers win this game. But I think in week one here, seven and a half points, I don't see them winning by... Over a touchdown. So, yeah. I'll go Lions plus seven and a half. And Niners to win the
0: game. We're, we're, we could be in trouble, court Come next week. Uh, the Cardinals travel to Tennessee to play the Titans. Uh, two teams who I actually had missing the playoffs. who are kind of surprises. Um, I've kind of emphasized that I'm not on the Titans wave this year. So that's going to continue this way. I'm going to take the Cardinals here to win, uh, to upset the Tennessee Titans. Both teams really don't have any set, anybody in their secondary. I know obviously the Cardinals have Buda Baker, but not much else. Um, but listen, they do have a improved defense with Xavier Collins with, um, Chandler Jones coming back, JJ Watt as well. Uh, Isaiah Simmons second year in the system. So hopefully he takes a big step forward. And, uh, yeah, I just think that I trust the passing attack of, the Arizona Cardinals more than I have the Tennessee Titans. I think again a lot of points in this one, but I'll lean uh, Arizona here.
1: Yeah, I, I mean I expect a really close game here. I think this can easily go either way. So I'll go Tennessee Titans here to win the game, but honestly I'm expecting like a one to
0: two point victory. So I'll take
1: the Arizona Cardinals plus three, but I think uh Titans
0: squeeze out and win here. All right, get, get your kickers ready. I don't know who the – I know the Cardinals just brought in Matt Prater's their kicker there. But I, I, do the Titans still have Gostowski? Because, uh, I mean, listen, one to two point game, you know what I mean? It might come down to a kick or something. So, whoever kicking in Tennessee, hopefully he's uh, ready. Uh, moving on to a game that I think is uh, will be a really another really good one. I think this week one slate is very competitive. The Seattle Seahawks travel to Indianapolis to play the Colts. Seahawks are two and a half point favorites there. Carson Wentz will be in the lineup for the Colts. And for that reason, I will be taking the Indianapolis Colts. I believe they'll win this game here. Uh, like I said, Wentz, I think he takes a big step forward this year. Jonathan Taylor, obviously, is a great running back. In year two, I think, uh, again, with more of a formidable passing attack, he'd go even crazier He went, uh, he started gaining a lot of traction down the stretch last year. Quinn and Nelson will be in the lineup too as well, so that's a huge plus for the Indianapolis Colts. And, yeah, I just think the Colts are a more well, well-rounded team here than the Seahawks, so I like the Colts.
1: Yeah, I think the Seahawks at the beginning of the year, I'm just going to ride with them based off how good they are usually to start the season, so – I think in uh, week one, maybe Carson wins. I don't know if he's still a little banged up. Obviously, Quinn and Nelson had a similar same injury. So I remember last year, the, the, the Seahawks, like, I th- they were playing the Falcons week one last year, and I thought the, the Falcons were, like, a pretty good bet, and the Seahawks won. So I'll take the Seahawks in this game, and uh I'll take, what is it, minus two and a half? Yeah, I'll take them. I'll take the minus two and a half uh, to win the first game.
0: Yeah, fair. Like you said, Seattle does traditionally get off to very good starts in their seasons. Uh, moving on back to the East Coast. while well, the Chargers are traveling to the East Coast to play Washington. Chargers only one-point favorites here. Uh, I'm going to... I've been high on the Chargers, too. I think they take a big step forward this year in terms of their record. So I'm going to go with the Chargers here. I think this is again a really good game. It should be a very competitive game in Week 1, but ultimately side with the Chargers in the sense that I think Justin Herbert, obviously the better quarterback in this game. I think... Uh, be be able to kind of overcome Washington's defense as good as they are and stuff like that. Chargers brought in Rashawn Slater on their offensive line this year. They brought in Corey Lindsley as well from green Bay. So that's an improved area. And I think that kind of puts them over the top in this game against Washington and their stud defense. Yeah, man, I like
1: Washington in this game. I think uh, at home, I think um, that that front four gets after Justin Herbert. I still think Justin Herbert has a good game, but I think Washington at home takes this, uh,
0: Takes this win here. Yeah, listen, I won't be a little biased because I don't want Washington winning and my Giants going down. But moving on to your Jets, core, Your Jets travel to Carolina in the Sam Darnold revenge game. And because it's a Sam Darnold revenge game, I'm not going against Sam Darnold. I'm picking Sam Darnold. I like the Panthers minus five here. I think the Jets, listen, Zach Wilson has looked good. Uh, I think uh, I'd love to see them be competitive in this game. But ultimately, yeah, Sam Darnold will just – it's just one of those things, man, when you – like. I'm just going with the Panthers. Christian McCaffrey's back, and Sam Darnold is going against his former team. It couldn't be a better like it couldn't be a better story than that. Sam Darnold will throw for 300 yards in this game and three touchdowns.
1: Yeah, you're right. So he'll throw for. I mean, everyone's thinking, uh, oh, the Sam Darnold revenge game. Christian McCaffrey's back, and you know what happens? The Jets cover plus five, and I think the Jets obviously do cover the spread here. Uh, I'm not gonna pick them to win. I think they take a tough loss. I think they lose by by a field goal. So I think the Jets do cover plus five. I think Zach Wilson looks good in his debut. And I think Elijah Moore does some damage
0: on the outside. But I think at the very end, Carolina at home, I think they win the game. Yeah, listen, even though I'm an anti not really an anti-Jets guy, but not not, not a Jets supporter, I'll say. I, I do hope Zach Wilson has a good game. I'm definitely a fan of him in a sense. Another quarterback who will ma- be making his debut, Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars travel to Houston in probably one of the worst like week one matchups I've ever seen. Uh, Jaguars are three-point favorites here. I'm going to take them. Tyrod Taylor is that quarterback for the Texans. David Johnson, Mark Ingram are at running backs, and the year is 2021, not 2016. So that's why I will go with the Jacksonville Jaguars. They got
1: yeah, I mean David Johnson, Mark Ingram, is a uh, pretty old backfield. Obviously got Philip Lindsay also, but I mean this is a game. Definitely recommend not betting on because I mean these are two bad teams right now. So I'll take I'll take the Texans at home here. I mean plus three at home against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Like one of the Jaguars ever favorited on the road. So I mean with fans. So I'll take the Texans here. I think Tyrod Taylor obviously a veteran quarterback, I think they get the job done here and uh, win the game in uh, the
0: opener. Yeah, listen, in, like, survivor pools, I feel like a trendy thing will be to just pick against the Houston Texans. If you pick against the Houston Texans this week, you are picking a team that has lost 15 straight games in the Jacksonville Jaguars, so <laughs> that's what, like, I don't know, it just that it would scare me, so... Like I said, I like the Jaguars, but who knows about this. Uh, leads me to my boys, the four o'clock games. The Denver Broncos are three-point favorites traveling to New York to play the Giants. I'm a little nervous about the Giants offensive line. I'm also nervous who's going to play, but come on now. I'm not going against my boys. I have the Giants winning, making a big start to this 2021 season. I think Daniel Jones shows that he took a good step forward this year and like tries to prove, again, that he could be the quarterback of the future. I think Saquon Barkley, although limited, will be an impact player in this game. And watch out for Kadarius Toney, a guy who the planning on maybe even using as a kicker turner but i think they're going to get him the ball enough on offense he'll make a big play or something like that and the new york giants will improve to 1-0 and to start the 2021 season
1: yeah I expect a close game here at uh midlife stadium
0: i mean i think this will gonna be a close game i'll
1: take the giants here plus three and i'll take them to win the game just for them being home i think it's a uh if you're gonna bet on this game i think the giants are the, are the team to bet on if not stay away because I would not trust the, the Broncos, a the team who has not been that good the last few years to uh, to go into MetLife and win this game. So I'll take the Giants here plus three and to win the game.
0: Yeah, the offensive line against Denver's like front seven, I guess you could say, definitely does scare me. In a sense, Von Miller back for the first time since 2019. Bradley Chubb will be on the outside too. So uh, definitely something to keep an eye on. Uh, in a preview, if you ask me of the AFC Championship, what should be, the Cleveland Browns travel to Kansas City Kansas City six point favorite here. Yeah, I did mention that last year in the playoffs, the divisional round, the Browns played them tough. I just think again, this is the Chiefs having a huge chip on their shoulder. Week one, they want to come out and make a statement. I think they win kind of relatively big here. So I think the Chiefs, as good as the Browns are, again, I just think that there's the Chiefs are kind of kind of got embarrassed. They got humbled in the Super Bowl, and they're they've been waiting for six months to come out and play this game. So I will take the Chiefs here.
1: Yeah, I think the Chiefs here uh, minus six. I kind of like them. I think they win by at least a touchdown here. So yeah, I'll take the Chiefs minus six in this one.
0: In the battle of the Alabama quarterback's Tug Tua Tugavailoa and the Miami Dolphins travel to New England for Mac Jones' first career start. And I think Mac Jones, the latter of the two who started at Alabama, takes this game, the three-point favorites. Um, like I said, the Patriots are just a completely different team from last year. They bring back all the guys from the opt-outs, all the free agents that they brought in. So I think that puts them over the top. And again, it's a young, young quarterbacks going into Foxborough, not a good thing. So I think Bill Belichick gets his team off to a hot start uh, and wins this game.
1: Yeah, I'm in agreement. I've been liking this line ever since. I didn't care who was the quarterback. It was Mac Jones or Cam Noon. I think, week one
0: against the Miami Dolphins. I think Bill Belichick gets a win here, and I think they covered minus three. Okay, we've got three more games up. The Packers, four-point favorites traveling to New Orleans to play the Saints in a rematch of a Sunday night game last year. Uh, I just think the Packers proved to be too much for the Saints and all their uncertainty with the new quarterback, Jameis Winston. Like I said, not a ton of uh, weapons on the outside. So, yeah, I think I like the Packers here, and Aaron Rodgers uh, gets off to a hot start on his um, last season, or, or that's what at least he says.
1: Yeah, I also like the the Packers minus four here. I just think the Saints... Just don't really have enough here to um, to really stay with the Packers. I think the Packers cover minus four here and get the win in, uh, in New Orleans. Oh, wait, not New okay. Orleans. I think it's
0: Jacksonville now, but yeah, you get the point. Okay, move it. No worries. Moving on to uh, the Sunday night football game. The Bears travel to the Rams. Rams are seven and a half point favorites. Not sure why this is the Sunday night football game. I think the Browns and the Chiefs would be a much better one, but – that beats me. Uh, I'll go with the Rams here uh, with the points even, too. I think uh, Matt Stafford, obviously, and Sean McVay get off to a good start. Their defense doesn't really lose a beat. And, again, Andy Dalton's that quarterback for the Bears. Uh, their offensive line is brutal. I think Aaron Donald has a field day as well as Leonard Floyd against his former team. So, yeah, I like the Rams here.
1: Yeah, I'm in agreement. Again, I, I was I would li- I would I like don't like picking favorites over seven points, but I just think week one here, I think it's Andy Dalton, I think the uh, – The Rams just come out and beat down the Bears. So I'll take them minus seven and a half.
0: And that rounds it out to our Monday night football game. Only one Monday night football game this year, opening week. That's a rarity. Uh, The Ravens, four and a half point favorites traveling to Vegas to play the Raiders. I'll go with the Ravens here again. I think Lamar Jackson's just too explosive. And I don't love the Raiders' defense at all. I really don't like their, their offensive line again. It's kind of decimated from last year, I think. Uh, Derek Carr's gonna be under a lot of pressure so I honestly like the Ravens kind of big here too to beat the Raiders
1: yeah i like the Ravens to win this game but I'll take the I'll take the Raiders plus four and a half and if I if I were to bet on this game I highly I, I
0: like the over 50 and a half here
1: I think this will be a pretty high scoring game so I'll take the Ravens to win but I'll take the the, the Raiders plus four and a half
0: all right so we kind of got through our game picks there uh Let's see how we do week one. You know what I mean? It's our first time picking week one games. Definitely going to be a competitive week in that sense. And uh, kind of get to gauge what some of these teams are uh, going to do for the rest of the season. But core, that kind of brings us in to the NCAA portion of our show. I guess it won't be too, too long this this uh, week because of how extended our NFL coverage was. But listen, it was a great week one of college football. Obviously featured some big games. And I guess the biggest game of the weekend was number five Georgia over beating number three Clemson 10-3 in a battle of the defenses I don't think a lot of people would have expected. George's defense was just a swarming DJ Ugalele, whatever his last name is. But listen, DJ, um, a guy who started two games last year, uh, just did not look comfortable at all last night. Uh, the other night, I know he didn't have a ton of help, but uh, it, I guess it goes to it's a testament to how good George's defense is. They were so good early on last year. And uh, yeah, their offense, I think could improve a lot but i think if it does they can be a very dangerous team because like i said that's a quarterback that's a former five star quarterback a guy who has a good receiver justin ross a good tight end and um yeah i mean they just got pummeled there's nothing else to it
1: yeah i mean i wasn't able to watch much of this game but yeah for for the final it be 10 to 3 i think this um has to say a lot about the georgia defense i just think i mean the georgia defense obviously was uh, all over D.J. Ugulele, who struggled in his uh, first game of the season. And, yeah, I mean, if Georgia's offense could... I mean, they obviously playing against a really good Clemson defense also. I mean, J.T. Daniels only threw for 135 yards on 30 passing attempts. If he could start to throw the ball a little more downfield and uh, expand this offense. And, obviously, Zamir White, obviously... A really good running back had 13 carries for 74 yards. So I mean, if J T Daniels can um, pick it up a little, I'll give him some slack first game against a really good Clemson defense. But I mean, J T Daniels can get it. i only first game, but I mean, he can get it going and uh, start slinging the ball. I think this Georgia team is a team you don't want. You don't. You really do not want to see uh, at any time of the season.
0: Yeah, I think if JT Daniels gets back to kind of the form that he was down the stretch last year, I think George is a serious title contender. I mean, they've set themselves up so good right now where if they don't lose another regular season game, even if they lose to whoever comes out of the SEC West, whether it's Alabama, maybe even Texas A&M in the SEC title game, they're in the playoffs because right now they're over Clemson in a sense, you know what I mean. Now Clemson is kind of on the outside looking in, which is something I, I believe we both predicted wouldn't happen. We thought that Clemson would would win this game, but yeah, uh, I think a lot rides on JT Daniels. I know they were they were kind of a little conservative on offense, but yeah, hopefully they get him going down the field. And uh, if the, listen, the committee moved Georgia up to two, so obviously they see something as well. Like that, that deep, like it was unreal. Um, their fr- the front seven performance from. Georgia and like really the front four versus the front four, the front five, uh, the offensive line of Clemson. It was disgusting. They got manhandled up front. But a team who didn't get manhandled, a uh, team that, again, they lose so much uh, on their skill group. They lose their quarterback, but it doesn't matter, man. Bryce Young uh, comes into Alabama, I mean, from like the first five. Snaps. I mean, you could just tell this guy's going to be the truth, man. Just him throwing on the run, it just looks so easy for Bryce Young. It honestly, like after watching Bryce Young yesterday, I'm just like, how did like Mac Jones honestly beat him out? Like it's a testament to how it it makes me think of Mac Jones even better than I already think he is because of how good Bryce Young looks. Obviously, that they absolutely they beat Miami by like 31 points, and Miami again was a top 15 team coming into this. It it just doesn't matter. They rinse and repeat every year, Bama. They are so different than every other program really in college football, and Bryce Young instantly jumped to the heisman favorite on a weekend where other candidates didn't do so well and uh it's uh, for good reason man i think he threw for like three hundred thirty yards and like four touchdowns or something like that just on un- an unreal performance
1: yeah i mean Bama is like you said they're just they're just not like anybody else i mean there's never a year like every single year this team is top two in the uh a p top twenty five and yet bryce young comes out in his uh debut slings four touchdowns over 300 yards against a Miami team that that prides themselves on like solid defense in the in the turnover chain but I mean Bryce Young just went out there and absolutely cooked them and yeah Nick Saban just restacks talent year in year out I mean they're, they're Alabama after one game just they look so much better than everybody else in the country that I don't, I don't even know. I mean, Bryce Young, obviously, like you said, definitely look like the truth. And yeah, I mean, this Bama team—they they're gonna be a handful for for anybody. And definitely the the favorites, even after one game, just to win the uh, college championship a little early. But I mean, this team just so good. Yeah, for sure.
0: Did you see too with like the turnover chain? uh they might have yeah, tiring, they had to put it away I mean, that that that's horrible the, you, you can't take it out until it's a for sure turnover so i don't know if they have to have like a five second grace period then when the guy comes to the sideline to make sure they're not reviewing it but that i mean that can't happen you can't be down 27 points until you get the turnover chain and then have to put it back that's just embarrassing and stuff like that i mentioned bryce young though in the heisman race some of the other guys who were getting a lot of love for the heisman sh- struggled this week i know Oklahoma only beats Tulane by five points. Tulane, it was the Tulane-Hurricane game. Obviously, they were playing for a lot. But uh, Spencer Raleigh just didn't look sharp through two interceptions. That game, Sam Howell, too, playing on the road in Virginia Tech. UNC gets upset. Uh, game. I, I mean, I took. I ultimately took UNC to win the game. I took Virginia Tech, though, with the points because of how well they played them last year. And, uh, yeah, it just – again, I, I was kind of alluding to in the first episode, uh, like our college football episode last week, that – like, losing all those skill players on offense for Sam Howell, like, he's just due for a step back, man. Like, he might, he might get better as a player. But, again, when you're losing your top two running backs, your top two receivers, it's just too much to overcome. Their offensive line looked horrible. And uh, it showed, ultimately. And that's why UNC has dropped, like, a big time in the rankings. So, Sam Howell kind of not, – I'm not going to say playing himself out of a Heisman race. But, I mean, uh, it's going to be a tough – this is a tough game to overcome and definitely has to um, – Improved big time a guy who did look good though for the Heisman race our kind of boy a guy who we kind of gravitated to last year because of old Miss's explosive offense Matt Corral threw for over 300 yards uh I believe he had only two touchdowns though but still look they absolutely pummeled Louisville even without Lane Kippen they're ranked I believe about 20 now uh good for them uh and I don't know I think Matt Corral is going to keep making a lot of noise I think he's a extremely underrated quarterback in the college football world and uh yeah I'm curious to see like uh what like maybe even NFL scouts think of him and what they what he could do at the next level. Cause I think he's somebody who could definitely gain a lot of traction from now until the end of the season.
1: Yeah, I start off on um I mean Spencer Rattler in Oklahoma. I mean obviously did not look uh too great, obviously through a pick, I think, on their first p- possession. But I mean I'll, I mean, what I'm saying, Oklahoma's a team who usually gets better as the season goes on. So I'll mm-hmm. give him a, a little bit of slack first game. I mean, Tulane, the team, they should be pretty bad. Obviously, we're like 30 point favorites, but uh, sometimes you got super cat too, uh, Tulane came out. Played hard. Sam Howell. I mean, he got sacked six times. I mean, that offensive line was not really doing him much good. He did throw for, he did throw three interceptions. And yeah, I mean, this is showed like this UNC team lost a lot of skilled players. Obviously, both their running backs, the wide receiver. Like they just lost a decent amount of talent on the offensive side of the ball. So, I mean, could be a struggle for UNC, a team who had aspirations of being a top team in the uh, ACC. And then, yeah, Matt Corral last year. I mean, on Ole Miss, like, that offense is just fun to watch. Obviously, they don't have um, Elijah Moore from last year. But, yeah, Matt Corral comes out and throws for almost 400 yards. Only had one touchdown. But, yeah, he looked really good out there. And, yeah, I mean, this Ole Miss team – Pummel's Louisville here, so hopefully I'd like to see the team um, make some noise in the SEC. I mean, obviously the SEC, a whole different breed compared to the ACC and with Louisville, but, I mean, Lane Kiffin, Matt Correll, I'm hoping uh, this offense could can carry them to some wins in the SEC.
0: Yeah, and their, their defense looked well-improved from last year, too, so I mean, if their defense does, I'm not going to say that they're going to make a huge run in the SEC, but maybe they could play themselves into a real good bowl game. I know last year they played Indiana in a bowl game, they actually beat them. I believe it was the Outback Bowl, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, so, yeah, you know what I mean? Again, if they could get a real decent bowl game. But yeah, they could definitely be um, a good contender. I know they'll, they'll probably play LSU again. Like LSU got upset this week against UCLA, a, a trendy team. Again, UCLA, very underrated uh, before the season. Now they're rated like that. So, yeah, the SEC, uh, like West, at least, should be pretty competitive. I know Auburn won too. They looked honestly pretty good. Uh, I forgot who they played. But they played somebody really bad. I think they played like yeah. Akron. But Bo Nix actually He's looked pretty really good. But yeah. still, you know what I mean? Still noteworthy. Um, I guess the, a tough weekend for the ACC in a sense, too. Clemson lost in the ACC. They were rated third. You had Louisville obviously lose on national TV. I know Louisville wasn't really making any headways in there. But come on, they're still watching we call it. Still a, still a good ACC program. You had UNC lose, who was a 10th ranked team. Now, I know they lost to Virginia Tech, who's another ACC team. But still, that's not the point. Your number 10 team lost Miami in the ACC. They lost as the 14th seed in the whole country. That's tough. And then on national TV, Florida State loses to Notre Dame and probably, def- I mean, definitely the best game of the week. Uh, Notre Dame gets up early and then they blow like a 14 point lead late thanks to Mackenzie Milton coming in off the sideline, the former UCF quarterback, which is awesome to see. But then no, uh, Florida State ices their own kicker. Uh, and that ultimately blows them the game and stuff like that. But aside from that, I thought Jack Cohn on Notre Dame looked amazing. Obviously, a Long Island native uh, transfer from Wisconsin as well, too. He threw for 366 yards, four touchdowns. Uh, Kyle Hamilton on Notre Dame is the best defensive player in college football. He had two interceptions. One of the craziest interceptions, too, I've -hmm. seen his second one, running from the opposite hash to the sideline in that. um, I think ND, like, is honestly, I think they're pretty good. I think they just, like got a little unlucky in this game. I definitely thought they should have won easy in regulation, stuff like that. Uh, Their run defense didn't look great. Florida State ran the ball well. Uh, Their other quarterback, I believe Jordan Travis, too, was a little spotty, but he had some good flashes. Curious to see if it's either him or Mackenzie Milton under center. But uh, I don't know. I thought Notre Dame, honestly, even though they only win this game by three points, they honestly kind of impressed me.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I didn't catch all this game, but, I mean, I watched a decent amount of it. And Jack Cohn obviously looked terrific. That Notre Dame offense was just having big play after big play on this Florida State defense. And, yeah, Kyle Hamilton with one of the craziest picks, I did not think he got his feet down, or I did not think he was in bounds. Like, the fact that he got over there not only knocked the ball away but picked it off, I just think, was absolutely incredible. And, yeah, I'm going to give Florida State some, some credit here. Um, they battled. I thought this game was over when Notre Dame took – I think they went up, like, 38 to 20. I think they went up like maybe it wasn't that. They definitely went up big. Yeah, I no, think. no, was not. Nah, they did go oh, up 38 there? 20. Yeah, no, nah, they went up big. I thought this game was over, but yeah, Mackenzie Milton came in. That was a great story. Uh, completing his first pass, and yeah, I mean it was just a good. This was a really good back, really not back for it. But it was a really good game, high scoring game, and yeah, I actually was very impressed by Notre Dame, despite only winning by three. That offense looked uh, legit under Jack Cohn.
0: Yeah, listen, Cone was thought maybe more of a game manager, but again, when you have Kyron Williams and Chris Tyree, too, probably the best backfield in college football, and their tight end, uh, Michael Mayer, is unbelievable, too. I know he scored like a 40-yard touchdown early on. I honestly thought Notre Dame wouldn't look back, but uh, still, like I said, Notre Dame, I believe, I think they jumped maybe to eight, or they might have honestly stayed at nine. Uh, They they did jump to eight. They did jump to eight, so that'll be... uh, team definitely to watch down the stretch i know they have a couple big games i mean i know one of their biggest games this year was supposed to be against unc but unc kind of lost a little bit of their prestige moving down uh let's get to our game pick score we're only gonna do two game picks we'll do the two ranked teams that are playing against each other uh listen these are so much well, the. i mean not a not a crazy slate again because they we're kind of out of conference and stuff like that but two out of conference games that again will be pretty good we'll start with oregon and ohio state first ohio state's 14 and a half point favorites here oregon kind of had a tough week in a sense that a Fresno State team that's kind of scrappy. I believe they only beat him by like seven points. But the biggest like question mark in that game was Kevon Thibodeau uh, left that game. He's day-to-day. They're not sure if he's going to play. Um, Oregon's very run first as an offense, too. Their they're quarterback, Anthony Brown, and their running back, uh, I think it's C.J. Vermeule. Again, I think they're going to do a lot of work on the ground against Ohio State. Ohio State got going late in that game. I didn't think C.J. Straw looked bad against Minnesota. But just a lot of long touchdowns and stuff like that. I know a lot of it, an awesome touchdown. but uh, Minnesota's running back was honestly out for the year. What a shame. Uh, Muhammad Ibrahim, he ran like for 170 yards in the first three quarters or something like that. So I think Oregon does do a good number on them on the ground. So I take Oregon with the points. I think it's just too many. But I think Ohio State ultimately wins this game. I just don't – I think they're too explosive in a sense. And like I said, they had I think like five touchdowns last week of 50-plus yards. I think C.J. Stroud is just getting more and more comfortable and stuff like that. And especially if Thibodeau isn't out there for Oregon, who's probably going to be the consensus – uh first pick in next year's draft and stuff like that so I'll lean Ohio State ultimately to win.
1: Yeah, I mean 14 and a half is a lot of points. Um I was not expecting the spread to be that big, but I'm going to take it as a sign that uh I don't know, I think there's a reason why it's that big then. Mm-hmm. So I think obviously CJ Stroud um coming off his first game, I expect him to settle in a little more i mean he settled in late in that minnesota game but i expect him to settle in a little more from the start here so i'll take it home i'll take
0: i'll take the buckeyes here minus 14 and a half over over oregon yeah it's a a fair way of thinking i don't mind that and uh we'll go with this last game we'll do the battle the battle in iowa number 10 iowa coming off a huge win against indiana i mean they just absolutely dominate indiana again Indiana had a great story last year. I thought they were maybe a little overrated in a sense, but I would definitely prove that uh, they jumped to 10th in the rankings and number nine, Iowa state, who again, Iowa state had made a tough time against, oh, I can't even think of it. They won 16, 10 against like, maybe it was Northern Iowa. I know. I think it was Northern Iowa. So I guess Iowa state, all they all they play is Iowa teams. But, uh, I'm going to go with Iowa State here, minus four and a half. That's a spread on the game. I'll take them to win it and cover it. Uh, I'm just high on Iowa State again. I know Bruce Hall didn't have a great week one. I think he gets it going. And I think these guys on Iowa State get up for this game and uh, ultimately beat Iowa. After Iowa kind of is coming off a big win too, you know what I mean? They might uh I'm not going to say shot their load in the last game, but I think it's just like a good spot. Not for like kind of for a letdown in a sense.
1: No, yeah, I think Iowa State in um... – Obviously, being Northern Iowa, sixteen to ten, pretty ugly game. But I mean, I, I mean, sometimes when you know you're just so much better than your opponent, maybe uh, you don't really get up for the game, even though it's Week One. Well, this game um, against an interstate rival, obviously not in the same division, but Iowa. I mean, you got to get up for this game. Home game should be a packed crowd. So I'll take Iowa State here, minus four and a half. I think um, I think they come out and. Uh, have a better week in week two. And I think they uh, they covered four and a half.
0: All right. So that's going to do it for the college part of our show. And really the, our whole episode, uh, definitely a lengthy one. But again, I, we definitely want to make sure that we covered, gave our full preview of the NFL season, gave our picks too. And then still showed college some love. One last time I want to shout out in college, Michigan. They might be back. I know, obviously, they're sucking me in. Again, they had a great week one in 2020 as well. But 2021, they look great. J.J. McCarthy even got out there late in the game. They play Washington this week, so that's another big test. I know Washington got upset this past week against Montana, but we'll have to wait and see what happens. But, uh, yeah, that's going to do it for today's episode. Definitely pumped for Cowboys, Buccaneers. That should be going on tonight. And, uh, yeah, Corey, anything you want to leave off with? Pretty
1: hyped to watch some football tomorrow. And, uh, yeah, we're back to – Like Saturdays and Sundays, Thursdays, Mondays, just like football back. Football is back, so good to um, good to have that. And yeah, with with the off season um, out of our hands now, should be having some definitely more. Not that our episodes weren't informative, but definitely a lot more entertaining, more informative
0: episodes with uh, actual football being played now. So pretty hyped for that. Yeah, for sure. A lot more. A lot more. A lot easier. To make great content when, what's uh, what, you want, in season and stuff like that. But yeah, get ready. We got 18 straight weeks of regular season football, and then we got tons of playoffs. I'm pumped for it. It's finally here. We've been waiting uh, like seven months for it. So yeah, take care, everybody. Have a good one.